Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Ominous Origins Podcast with me, Casey. Of course, this episode is still brought to you by MorbidlyBeautiful.com, where you can find all your horror pop culture needs from interviews, reviews, top 10 lists, and of course, everything in between. Uh, don't forget their podcast library. It is great. It's huge. It's massive. It's wonderful. It's just great. Go listen to everything that they have to offer. I come to you today from a very cold, wintry February day here in Ontario, Canada. It's windy, so you may hear some howling in the background just because the wind is hitting the window in that certain way that leads to that weird howl that scares every child. Not just me, as an adult, but it also scared me as a child too, so keep that in mind. If you hear that and I scream, well, that's what's going on. So I thought, what better time to travel all the way across the world to Japan? Now, Japanese folklore is something I don't look into too often, so today we're going to do just that. We're going to look at a demon of sorts, a monster, all-around sort of thing from Japanese folklore, and that is the Oni. The Oni is simply evil. It is a spirit, it is a demon, it is an ogre, a troll, it can be anything. It's known for murder and cannibalism. So we're in for a treat today when we look in to the Oni. Ominous. Ominous. It is an adjective. Sounds like someone breathing. Ominous. Now, as I said, the Oni is a sort of demon, orc, ogre, or troll type thing in Japanese folklore. Oni are mostly known for their fierce and evil manifestations, especially for their propensity for murder and cannibalism. Notwithstanding their evil reputation, Oni possess intriguingly complex aspects that cannot be brushed away. Is simply evil. They are typically portrayed as hulking figures with one or more horns growing out of their heads. Stereotypically, they are conceived as of red, blue, black, yellow, or white colored, wearing loincloths or tiger pelts and carrying around a canabo, which is a big-ass bite club. They are creatures which instill fear and feelings of danger due to their grotesque outward appearance, their wild and sometimes savage behaviors, and of course, their powers. Now we just went over a little bit of a description, but let's go a little bit deeper. Now depictions of this yokai, or oni, or demon, or whatever, are widely believed to be portrayed as hideous, gigantic ogre-like creatures with a single horn or multiple horns emerging from their heads. They also have very sharp claws, wild hair, and fang-like tusks. As mentioned, they are often wearing tiger skin pelts, or even loincloths, and carrying giant spiked clubs to bash your fucking head in with and then eat your brains, obviously. This image leads to the expression Oni with an iron club, that is to be invincible or undefeatable. Their skin may have various colors, but red, blue, green, and yellow are particularly common. They may sometimes also be depicted as black-skinned or even a deeper shade of yellow. They may occasionally be depicted with a third eye on their forehead or sometimes extra fingers or toes. Now, these particular demons are predominantly male, but can be female. Females becoming an Oni has been attributed to them being overcome with grief or jealousy. Oni can come in different sizes, both height and weight, so you never know what's coming around that corner. Now, the word Oni itself comes from a very old sort of derivative of the word Onyomi, reading of a character, meaning to hide or conceal, due to Onis having a tendency to hide things basically. 
They also don't want to be seen, like most demons or cryptids in this case, they just don't want to be found. This explanation is found in the 10th century dictionary Wamiyosho, which reveals that the Oni at the time had a different meaning defined as a soul or spirit of the dead. Now the symbol or character for Oni, which I can't describe on a podcast, but it's there, in Chinese also means dead or ancestral spirit, and not necessarily an evil specter. The Taoists and the Chinese also believe the very similar thing about not necessarily an evil thing, but more like a dead or ancestral spirit. Particularly powerful Oni may be described as a Kishin or Kijin, literally Oni God. The Ki is an alternate character reading of Oni, a term used by Japanese Buddhism to refer to a wraithful deity. The Oni was also kind of blended with the Hindu Buddhist creatures, such as the man-devouring Yaksha and the Rakshasa, and became the Oni who tormented sinners as wardens of hell, administering sentences passed down by the hell's magistrate, King Yama. The hungry ghosts called Gaki have also been sometimes considered a type of Oni. Also, a wicked soul beyond rehabilitation transforms into an Oni upon death. Only the very worst people turn into Oni while alive, and these are the Oni causing trouble amongst humans, as presented in folktales. Some scholars have even argued that the Oni was an entirely different concept of the Buddhist mythology. Oni brings calamities to the land, bringing about war, plagues, and illness, earthquakes, and eclipses. They have the destructive power of lightning and thunder, which terrifies people through their auditory and visual effects. Oni have a massive appetite for human flesh and can eat a person in a single gulp. They are said to suck in humans' vital energy and devour their flesh. Oni are capable of transforming into both male and female forms at will and can change their grotesque form to a handsome man so that they can gain the trust of their victim, which is a common thing we see in a lot of different monster folklore. The chameleon effect, if you will. Let's just blend in and then strike when the moment is right. When the iron is hot, we will stab thee and eat thy flesh. I'm sorry, I got a little, a little poetic there, a little dramatic. A little Shakespearean, you know, I don't want to brag or anything, but anywho, according to Chinese Taoism and esoteric Onmyodo, the ways of yin and yang, the northeasterly direction is termed Kiman or demon gate, and is considered an unlucky direction through which evil spirits passed. Based on the assignment of the 12 zodiac animals to the cardinal directions, the Kiman was also known as the Ushitora, or the ox tiger direction. One hypothesis is that the Oni's bovine horns and tiger skin loincloth developed as a visual depiction of this term. Temples are often built facing that direction. For example, Enryaku Ji was deliberately built on Mount Hai, which was in the Kiman, northeasterly direction from Kyoto in order to guard the capital. Uh, similarly, Ken Yi was built towards that direction from the Edo Castle. Also, do forgive me if I'm butchering these names. I don't speak Japanese. I can phonetically say it, and that's kind of how I'm doing it. So I do apologize if I'm offending anybody out there. It's not my intention. However, skeptics do doubt that this could have been the initial design of the Enraku-ji Temple, since the temple was founded in 788, six years before Kyoto even existed as a capital, and if the ruling class were so 
Feng Shui-minded, the subsequent northeasterly move of the capital from the Nagaoka Kyo to Kyoto would have certainly been taboo. Japanese buildings may sometimes have L-shaped indentations at the northeastern corners to ward against Oni. For example, the walls surrounding the Kyoto Imperial Palace have notched corners in that direction. There's some tradition with the Oni as well, or Oni. Oof. Ooh, now we gotta talk about pronunciation. This is something I've heard about a lot in this kind of discussion, this topic. Is it Oni or Oni? Hmm. Uh, I will probably bounce between the two from here on out, because I just said it differently than I had been, so bear with me on that one. The traditional bean-throwing custom to drive out Oni is practiced during Setsuban festival in February, which is what month we're in right now. It involves people casting roasted soybeans indoors or out of their homes and shouting Oni wa soto fuku wa uchi, which means Oni go out, blessing come in, preferably by a strong wrestler. This custom has grown from the medieval ritual of suina or oniyari, a year-end rite to drive away the oni or ghosts, depending on which culture or religion you sort of believe in. Regionally, around the Totori prefecture, during this season, a charm made of holy leaves and dried sardine heads are used to guard against oni because nobody wants dried sardine heads, not even fucking demons who eat human flesh. There's also a well-known game in Japan called Oni Goko, which is the same game of tag that Western children play around the world. The player, who is it, is called the Oni instead. Oni are featured pretty heavily in Japanese children's stories, such as Momotetaro, Peach Boy, Isun Boshi, and Kubitori Jisan. In more modern times, Japanese buildings sometimes include Oni-faced roof tiles called Onegawara, which are thought to ward off any bad luck, kind of like the gargoyles we have in Western society. Many Japanese idioms and proverbs also make reference to the oni. For example, the expression oya ni ninu kowa oni no ko translates into a child that does not resemble its parents is the child of an oni. And it may be used to, you know, chastise a misbehaving child. A punishment, if you will. You're a demon because you don't look like me and you're a bad kid. Alright, fair enough. These are also used in stories to frighten children into obeying because of their grotesque appearance, savage demeanor, as well as how they can eat people in a single gulp. In other words, a child would just be a little snack, a little snacku. Furthermore, it was also believed that the Oni could transform themselves into animals to disguise themselves or as people as we discussed. However, in modern times, they're portrayed as they originally were, kind of demonic looking. The Oni is depicted as a humanoid with horns and sharp teeth as we know, but we also know that it is known for its strength and will use that strength to take over shrines and villages. The reason for Oni's strength varies throughout different tales, but it is most commonly caused by anger or rage. And this can be seen in one of the Oni's titles, Oni of Infinite Rage. It's kind of on the head. Sometimes the Oni's strength can be attributed to a demon bloodline. Now, to defeat an Oni, you must cut off all of its limbs before it reaches the ground again, otherwise it will become whole and resume its attack. Now, I don't know if you are aware of the game League of Legends, but there's a character called Zack that you kill, and then he starts to blob back together, and if you don't kill all the blobs before they touch the center, then he comes back to life. It's a pain in the ass, but that sounds kind of like what this is. You've got to kill this fucker dead before he hits the ground, or he'll just come right back. 
Now, in some regions of Japan, Onis are still worshipped as ancestors of their village, and when a villager dies, they may be cremated and brought to a mountain where they can become said Oni. They would then be called back as a family member and protect the village from harm. Since Onis are said to be demons that protect their villages, they are treated like royalty in some regions. Now, there are different names for some Oni as well, almost like subspecies of the demon itself. Oni is a very broad category that embodies evil and greedy natures, but they do come in different shapes, sizes, and names. So there's the Gaki, which is a voracious ghost of demons of gluttony. There's Kiju, and that is known as a hideous Oni with long teeth and fingers used to murder humans. These Onis are typically female who murder humans, often for pleasure. However, they don't always kill their victims. Sometimes they take human form to seduce young men in order to get pregnant so they can give birth to an Oni child. These ones are also known to kidnap small children and hide them in mountains where they will raise them as future servants of evil. Sometimes, Kiju seem gentle at first, especially when compared to the male Oni, but once you unwillingly make yourself their enemy, there's no escape. You are fucked. Next is Onmoraki. A Japanese demon who hides in the darkness of caves and basements preying on those who enter. They're also said to be related to the Tengu. It's kind of a weird bird looking thing. Yeah, look that one up. Otoroshi is a hairy ape-like oni with an enlarged brow and long fangs. It is said to whistle as it approaches you, which could be mistaken for wind chimes if you're not careful. We have the Ushi Oni, a demon cow. That's it. It's a, it's a demon cow. They're called bovine ogres in English. Yeah, that's just... Ignore that one. That's a silly one. I say that as I get eaten by one today on my way to work. We have the Yain as well, which is a twin oni who are usually depicted as young men in yokai art and folklore. They're monsters of the ninja arts and will use smoke and poison to kill their enemies. There's also the Zenko, a powerful type of oni who is said to guard graveyards, temples, and mountains during the hours of 5 to 7 a.m. Its name means evil field demon and its face is usually painted white with black eyebrows. It has shaggy eyebrows that converge above its nose that look like horns, which makes him particularly menacing when he glares at you from between them. We also have the Gozu, a pair of demon cows again that travel together. They are said to enjoy loud noises and shouting similar to the Baku. While Gozu refers to the two of them collectively, individually they are called Ushioni. There is indeed a very famous tale about them, which is about how one day some priests were meditating in the forest when suddenly the ground started rumbling beneath them. Without warning, two gigantic cow heads burst through the ground with horns several feet long. The frightened monks all ran away screaming except for one who was so shocked that he could not move. Another type of oni is the Terai oni, and it's a particularly rare type of oni that takes the form of both genders. They typically inhabit wooded areas and they can change their gender at will. Because they are so varied, there is no one cursed item to ward against them, nor any sure way to recognize one if encountered. We have the Shura, a demonic being that lives amongst us on Earth because of a curse that keeps them from entering Hell or the Underworld. We have the Roku Rukubi, which are basically humans that have their heads stretched from their bodies at night, kind of like Elastic Man. We have the Shinigami, and these are spirits of Japanese folklore who are responsible for guiding souls into the afterlife. And that's it. Those are all the different kinds of Onis, or Onis. What do you think? Creepy? Cool? I don't know. 
I think it's kind of creepy and cool. You will recognize the Oni mask as the traditional Japanese sort of demon mask. It's usually red with horns, big teeth, wide gaping smile, just all around terrifying. You can find them everywhere. They're so in the mainstream culture now that they're a little bit washed out, but the story behind them are very, very interesting. But that's all I got for you this week. My name is Casey, and this has been the Ominous Origins Podcast. If you like what you heard, please feel free to leave a five-star rating on Spotify. If you do, let me know, and I'll give you a shout-out on the show. You can still leave a review on Apple iTunes as well, and again, any five-star reviews will be read out on the program. Lastly, be sure to check out my Patreon. Yes, I've been updating that a little bit more often and frequently as of late with some History of Demons episodes listed on there. So if that's something you're interested in, please feel free to give that a little subby. You can still find me on the socials, on Instagram at Ominous Origins Pod, or on Facebook at Horror Shots, and fuck Twitter, because we're not using that anymore, because, I don't know, it's just a shit show recently. But that is it for this week, until next time.